A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to do a quick review of the last round of Supercoach and a preview of the round that is coming. The Whisperer joins me once to talk all things classic. What's going on, mate? Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. Uh, pointy end of the season for those guys that made the finals. Congratulations to all that have. Uh, there is plenty to talk about. There is a lot of injuries that have happened. Obviously, Jason Tamalolo. Uh, you've got Angus Crichton copying the early plea. Matt Lodge was looking great. He took the early play as well. So there is uh, a plethora of suspensions that I think teams will be struggling to field a full 17. Mate, I remember talking to blokes two weeks ago and them saying, oh, I've got five and six trades left and me thinking, oh, I am so jealous. I wish I had that many trades. It still might not be enough. It's unbelievable at the moment. I remember, I think we recorded it around 17, around 18 or whatever. And and the plan for me was to have, I think, five five trades for the run home. But uh, I think if you times that by five, uh, we're still not going to have enough with all these suspensions and injuries. And obviously, we're going to play the rule that game later in the, in the year when teams get rested, especially these teams that have locked up final spots. So... I think uh, the eye of the storm is, is only heading closer and closer towards us. Mate, let's talk about last weekend. Uh, I had a decent weekend myself, uh, 1,319. Uh, did pretty well, went up about 800 spots. So I'm sitting uh, low 3,000s at the moment. How did you go? I uh, managed to field together a 17 somehow. I had four scores below 40. Um, I had to play Corey Hadawir and Ira off the bench. I had to play Hayes Dunster. Had to play Jason Saab. So I will take the 1,190, and I went up a whopping three spots. No higher than four, higher than two. Uh, yes, three individual spots we went up. So uh, the definition of a stagnant week. Mate, I have never heard of anyone going up or down so little unless they are in the top 10, essentially. That is crazy. Week in, week out, we obviously sit on a Sunday and we try and work out the past score. And I honestly thought with all the guys that I'm obviously in, in a leagues with that are in the, the top 1,000, top 100, whatever, a lot of them managed to only just crack a thousand. So when I see that I scored nearly 1200, I thought uh, that was a well above par week and I'd go up huge and then see the updates on Monday, see me go up a whopping three spots. It's uh, yeah, not, uh, not ideal. Far from ideal mate. And uh, far from ideal, a lot of injuries, 
Let's talk about buy-hold sells, mate. Uh, let's dive into the sells first this week. Uh, a lot of those and a lot of really interesting ones, I thought. Uh, mate, let's start with Angus Crichton. Obviously, he's been suspended for three games. We're not going to see him until the finals kick off in the NRL. So his season is done, super coach wise I mean, if you're one of these people that has no trades left, geez, 600K sitting on your pine. It's got a sting, doesn't it? Yeah, obviously, uh, charged by the match review committee, was facing three weeks with an early plea, four weeks if he challenged. Uh, you and I both looked at the footage. I didn't think it looked too bad, and I, I very much expected the Roosters to challenge this, but to see that the early plea has left a lot of coaches in a lot of trouble. And, and yeah, mate, we're, we're, like you you sent me that, that, that tape of that tackle, and I looked at it myself and thought, oh, geez, this will be an interesting one. This could go either way. And, I mean, the one thing I've noticed this season more than others, the Sydney Roosters, when they go to the judiciary, they win. They only go if they know they're going to win. I really did expect them to go to the judiciary over this one. But even if they thought they were going to lose, I mean... He, he took the early plea. He's out until round 25. If he, ta- if he doesn't take the early plea and he loses, he's back first week of the finals. So the Roosters, they're going to lock up a final spot. Whether they lock up a, a top four spot or, or the fifth spot, it, surely that's not going to come down to the last week with the draw that Parramatta have. I feel that the Roosters would have had that top four spot locked up uh, before the last round. And yeah, I just thought the Roosters maybe would have thrown the dice because uh, it's basically a one-week plea. If you, if you look at it in hindsight, it's a... Worst case, he's out for a week. Best case, he's, he's back now. So, like, if he was already, already always going to be out for three weeks, I thought you would have taken the chance and it being four at the worst. It's not like he was out for two and it could have been upgraded to four. You know, like, it was, in theory, it's only a one-week suspension. So, I thought they would have rolled the dice. The footage didn't look too bad. Posted on my socials. Uh, I thought Crichton did what he could. He had only had one arm in the tackle and the, and the, the ball runner sort of fell into it. So, I thought, yeah, the Roosters would have challenged that one for sure. And it, it's left a lot of coaches uh, in a world of hurt. Traded out by 16.1% of teams, which is 4,500. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very jealous about those 4,500 teams that still have trades to be able to swing moves like this. Mate, Angus at 16.1%. The next man at 13.1%. Another guy we won't see for the rest of the season. But, geez, he really came of age this year, didn't he, Reid Marnie? Yeah, this is uh, it's got to hurt. A lot of people would have waited for him to come back from the shoulder injury, I think, after the bye. And scores weren't fantastic. Paramount had a pretty gross draw, but Reid Marnie was definitely the spark to to their attack, especially close to the line, to see him go down with the shoulder injury again. Uh, it's it's heartbreaking for him. We saw how distraught he was, and for owners, it, it sucks as well. As you th- said, 13.1% of uh, coaches, which is 3,705 people, they'll be scrambling to look for a hooker. And um, yeah, there's there's a couple of names on the buy list that we'll touch on in due course. Mate, the third most sold guy, I think this one's really interesting. Once again, Nico Hines. I mean, I don't, I don't know about everyone else, but I definitely don't have the trades at the moment to be trading this guy out when he is still starting for the Melbourne Storm. I understand he's only playing half the game or whatever, but, geez, I think you could do much worse in the centre wings. I, I, I get he's leaking points, but, geez, there must be some people out there with some serious trades up their sleeve. It's it's tough with Hines because you and I touched on it uh, maybe two weeks ago and we said that that fresh bodies are good to play. And Look, Hines dropped 112K last week. He's going to drop something similar this week. Um, I'll pull up the, the break even for him. Uh, his break even this week is 174. So if he's only going to be pumping at 50s, it's it's a monster price drop. And I think people maybe just capitalizing on the back of that. But surely if you've got guys like Angus Crichton or Red Money, there's there's other ways for you to free up cash. Uh, they do have an okay game this week against Canberra. We saw the news that Chance of Cooks will be back anytime soon. So maybe that boosts Canberra, but who knows? But I'm of the same opinion as you, mate. I think uh, fresh bodies are just the way to go. And unfortunately, you'll cop a price drop for Nico Hines. But uh, yeah, I think it's inevitable. I'd probably just be holding and hoping that he can pump out turbo-like numbers in a, in a short space of time. 
And, mate, number four and number five on the list, two guys that are injured. We've got Brian Toto. we got Dane Laurie as well. Two guys we expected to be on this list. Makes complete sense. Uh, the next guy is Clint Gutherson. Now, we spoke about him during the midseason being a great buy, how good he was looking, but that he had this dreadful run coming and you needed to get rid of him before the business end of the season. Jeez, don't the Parramatta Eels hate the business end? Look, Gutho, on paper, looked like probably one of the best purchases around 14 to around 19, I would say. Uh, obviously, the draw coming home is is horrendous for Parramatta, and they are. It's not even like they're not competing in the games. I, I just feel Parramatta look uh, unorthodox and just look out of it. And Gutho, we know that he doesn't score huge at the best of times. Uh, needs a lot of things to go his way, and and with Moses out goal kicking, that helped him as well. But Moses is back now, and, and Gutho just isn't uh, isn't ticking the boxes for owners. There's plenty of other fullback options to be choosing from. I think to replace Gutho with. Mate, the next man on the list, CHN. Uh... Once again, another one that, geez, people must have trades up their sleeves to be getting rid of this guy. I understand he's on the bench, but when I have a look at the Canberra Raiders draw, I mean, I think it could be a matter of time until he's back into this team. Even when he is just on the field, even if he's just there for 40 minutes, he's still a guy that's capable of scoring 60 to 80 points. He has got attacking upside with their run home. I'm not a guy that owns him, but if I did, I think I would be holding him. Yeah, CHN's a hard one because people will look at the 25, 30 points he scores and, and maybe not look at the attacking upside. So you can go either way on this. If you've got trades up your sleeve, obviously I love this trade, but if you're like myself and like you, we're struggling to, to make these trades. And uh, I think there's other priorities than, than dropping someone like CHN. Uh, I think it's one of these either way ones. It's very hard to sort of analyze. Speaking of having other priorities, James Fisher-Harris comes in at number eight. I mean, if you've held him for this long, it's a strange week to be trading him. I cannot understand this trade at all. Uh, Fisher-Harris is back next week. This is last week. He'll be in isolation. He'll be straight back into the side. I don't understand this move at all. Let's uh, let's move on because, yeah, this one makes no sense to me. Another one that makes no sense. There must be more to this. Jason Taumalolo. I understand trading him out, but what on earth is happening up there? A third fractured hand up there this season. It's unbelievable. Needs some calcium. Need uh, North Queensland need to get some milk into his diet because these bones are breaking Week in, week out. I say bones in quotation marks because I do think there is a little bit more to this that maybe is not um, not uh, coming out in the public. Playing him on the edge, that was even more baffling, I feel. You, you're taking away your best asset in Jason Tamalolo and, and the strength that he has. And uh, Yeah, I keep saying it week in, week out. If, if the wheel isn't broke, don't fix it. And uh, yeah, Todd Payton's kind of trying to be a little bit too tricky, I feel. Mate, how many times do we have to see him out on an edge to realise that it's not beneficial for him? It's not beneficial for the Cowboys. I just, I don't understand the thinking around this move. Todd Payton is uh, looking to open up a Supercoach account next season and uh, having Tamalolo first picked at a, at a really nice discounted price because that's all I can think of, mate. I think Tamalolo next year will be mid 400k at best and uh, hopefully he's back to, to what he can do because he'll be the bargain of the a bargain buy next year. Doing the boys some favours, mate. Uh, ben Hunt comes in at number 10. No real shock there. Obviously, a guy that's injured, we won't see him again. Let's move to the buys. Number one, Cam Murray. Now, um, we, we, we spoke before we started recording. I'm a little bit cautious of this one. I think Cam Murray's one of the best forwards in the game at the moment. He's unbelievable. But you did mention to me that you have to be worried about him getting rested in the back end, don't you? Yeah, Souths have a top four spot locked up. I think it's just a formality of where they finish in that top four. Cam Murray, I think a lot of people would be doing this move, Angus Crichton. If we do look at the most traded moves, it is uh, 4.1% of teams trading in Cam Murray for Angus Crichton. So I do understand that. But I am just worried about round 24, round 25, what Wayne Bennett does. As we said, the top four spot is locked up. Are they just going to hold him back until finals? 
Yeah, mate, look, it definitely is a worry with Cam Murray. Obviously, they've got that top four spot sewn up. And, I mean, even if he doesn't get rested uh, for full games, I think there's a really good chance, you know, he'll, he'll get an early mark, get an early share in a number of games. Let's move to number two on that list, mate. Harry Grant, this is a guy that I've had for a while. Um, I actually got him and then he got injured, so I've had to sit with him for a long time. Glad I've got him now. He's looking pretty special, isn't he? Talk about blokes that need a rest because they've had too many minutes under their belt. I think Harry Grant's a total opposite, mate. Uh, Harry Grant, I think Bellamy's just going to be playing him up until the finals to get some miles under his legs. You've got the the likes of Brandon Smith there that can rotate with him pretty well. But different story with Nico Hines. Obviously, Hines only playing sort of half the game. Grant's doing the same, but he's just pumping out attacking stats left, right, and center, isn't he? Oh, mate, and, and the team that they're playing with as well, there is just stats everywhere, and you, you're going to get more guys back as we move forward. Like a guy like uh, Kamakamika, I cannot wait to see Harry Grant linking up with him once again. Yeah, it's not not the big names that the Melbourne Storm are missing. I feel it's a lot of these role players that do their job and are definitely game breakers. Nelson Asper-Solomona as well, another one of these big targets close to the line that I feel Harry Grant can really utilize quite well. And it's just going to be guys that just take more eyes away from Harry Grant as well. I mean... I know the Panthers, the Manly Seagulls, they're great sides, but fuck, I reckon this Melbourne team is so far in front, it's not even funny. I'm not too sure what the, what the hate around Harry Grant is because uh, every week I, I make a joke post about he is the, the best number nine in the world and it's not even clear. And uh, you see some heroes comment about how he's not even the number nine, best number nine in his side, and I think that's total rubbish. Harry Grant is is the, the clear-cut number nine, in my opinion. I know, I know that you're maybe a somewhat biased Harry Grant fan considering you obviously discovered him uh, very, very early, but even Blind Freddy could, could work out that this kid is just all talent. I think it comes down to a lot guy, that uh, a guy like Brandon Smith is just so popular with people. People just absolutely love the personality. And, um, and you know, mate, to be honest with you, if you said to me, Cheese is the second best hooker in the game, I probably wouldn't push back on you, but I think it is clear that Harry's number one. I think uh, the Tigers could use someone like a Harry Grant, mate. That'd be a pretty good matchup, I reckon. I think we've seen that narrative before. Mate, uh, let's move to Ruben Garrick. He comes in at number three, a guy that I still don't own, and I just sit there every week with him praying that he doesn't go big. I don't think I have the trades or the money to be able to bring him in if I want to get a Cleary later on. Ruben Garrick, mate, do you think people are too late to the party, or has he proven last weekend that he's just a must-have? Uh, proven last week that he's match-proof, I feel. Uh, if you can come out and score 100 against Melbourne Storm, then then yeah, you're going wonders, and... The thing with Garrick is even if he doesn't score, he's still got a 20, 25-ish base, but it's also the 30 points that you can get in goal kicking as well. Uh, A part of of his game that he has really developed, we know that he burst onto the scene in 2019. 2020 sort of fell off a cliff a little bit, uh, but the goal kicking boots have definitely been on for Garrick this this year. And even if Tommy doesn't hit him, but we know that they're going to on that left-hand side, he's still going to pick up 25 to 30 points in goal kicking. So uh, I think uh, think worst case for Garrick is a 50 for him. And watch him come out and score 25 this week after I've said that, but... um, yeah, I still think Garrick is definitely, I would say, the number one center wing to have for the run home now that Brian Potter is out. Mate, let's move to the next man on the list, Victor Radley. Now, this is a guy that we were both pretty high on a couple of weeks ago. Outside of a 34 two weeks ago, scores of 58, 75, 86, 95. He is having an unreal season for the Sydney Roosters after having a big spell after that little clash at Tavita. Uh, mate, the run home, Brisbane, St. George, South Sydney and the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I mean, the South Sydney one's a hard matchup, but geez, that is Radley's bread and butter, isn't it? We know he's going to be up for that game. I think it's going to be a fantastic run home for Rads. Haven't got much right this year, mate, but I'll, I'll proudly wear the Victor Radley cap on my head. Uh, yeah, we, we said this in preseason. I remember doing a podcast with you back in uh, late January, early February, that we said that Victor Radley is going to start the season slow, which he did, coming off the back of a pretty serious injury. When he moves into more fitness and more form, when he plays bigger than 60 minutes, he averages 77. And we've seen that the last couple of weeks. As you said, barring a 
a pretty unusual score of 36. Uh, Bradley's base is fantastic. A bloke that will put his head uh, anywhere for a tackle. A bloke that ball playing for the center third is brilliant. We saw him last week absolutely push through the middle in, in great support play as well. And uh, yeah, people say that the attacking stats are, are, are concerning, but uh, you're you're one of the biggest advocators of how good Victor Radley's ball playing through the middle is. And I think that's only going to continue, especially with Teddy pushing through. Well, mate, that, that was the next thing I was going to mention. The form that Teddy's starting to roll into now, these two, they're going to be a fantastic combo. But Teddy is on our list and we'll get to him soon. Another one of their teammates. And mate, I don't really understand this one, to be honest with you. Joey Manu comes in at number five. I sort of feel like you kind of missed the ship a little bit on Joey Manu, potentially now that he's moving back to center. If he was on the wing, Different story. I don't know. I'm a little bit hesitant about this one. What are your thoughts? I would agree. Uh, but the fact that Joey Marty was turning into Brian Toto 2.0 with the consistent hit-ups, I think he pumped out uh, th- nearly 300 metres a couple of weeks ago. He also pumped out uh, nearly 250 last week. He's just rolling up the sleeves and pumping out a lot of hit-ups for Trent Robertson. And look, the attacking stats are there as well. I love Joey Marty as a buy. Maybe a little bit overs in the price, uh, but I do really like this pick from him. I am stalling for time as I pull up his stats, which are just here. So Manu, 97, 108, 97, 89, 79 the last five weeks. Not a, not a bad five-round rolling average. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this pickup from Joey Manu. I know that you're not a huge fan of it, um, but yeah, he's just pumping out scores. Even at, like obviously at fullback, we had 79 and 89 at fullback. We know that when Manu goes to fullback, he's elite. Even in the centers the week after, 97. And then on the wings last two weeks, 108 and 97. Uh, but a base of over 40 for the past four weeks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You put up a damn good argument, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, look, like I said, you're paying 650K for him, but a lot of people are trading at Brian Toto. I would love to look at the moves that people are making for player research. Joe Manu is being brought in. Um, it looks like he's being brought in for Brian Toto, uh, which is the guy that we touched on in, in the selling list. And, he was a guy to have for the buys. And then when I saw that he was sort of pushed back to the centers, I was like, ah, oh, look, I'm, I feel bad for owners that picked him up, but yeah, he's just continuing to pump out. And, and a 45 base is just ridiculous for Joey Manu, considering the attacking flair that he can possess inside the opposition 20. It's a lot of money to spend, uh, but with how thin the center wing is becoming, uh, I really like the money pickup. Let's move to the next guy on the list. And this is a guy that I had in classic from day one, and I had him in all of my draft teams from day one. I was very high on him this season. Luciano Leilua, he's averaging 65 at the moment, but the last few weeks, he's been unreal. Scores of 64, 69, a low 47 against Manly, but then he backed it up with 83 against the Warriors, 105 on the weekend. Mate, the thing that excites me the most is that he is offloading at will at the moment. This is the late lure that we saw at the St. George of the Dragons. It gave me the biggest fucking hard-on of all time and is still hanging around. I love the way that he's looking at the moment. Hey, uh, the Tigers have a great draw coming home. I think when people look at Luciano Le- Lewis' stats, they look at the base and they only see uh, 36, 39, 42, 40, 39. Like, not ideal base stats for, for an edge back role, but what that doesn't include... 
uh, is your evasive stats and your creating stats. And obviously, yeah, 44 points in uh, evading last week, 26, 8, 12, 26. These are all your offloads and whatnot and things that you create off the back of that and broken tackles, whatnot. And we know Luciano Lua has a, a bag full of that. You are paying 574000 for him. Uh, but you said, as you said, one low score of 47 in the last five weeks uh, with everything else being above 65 is uh, pretty ideal. And I mean, mate, have a look at that run home. Cowboys, Cronulla, Penrith, Canterbury. I mean, outside of the Penrith game, which potentially, mate, we could see guys rested there realistically. I really like the rest of that run. Yeah, the Cowboys, Sharks, and Bulldogs games are very, very enticing. Uh, all those guys don't have the best edge defenses statistically. And the Penrith game, yeah. I mean, if Cleary isn't back and uh, Ivan Cleary's going to rest a couple of guys, then, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. We saw what happened last time the Tigers played uh, Penrith, and I won't have a Penrith say anything about the team they fielded that game. And, mate, with all due respect to Leilua as well, good God, he loves a flat track, doesn't he? Oh, 100%. And that's all you want from a super coach player. Uh, as, as a Tigers fan, I don't care. Uh, how Lucian Lewis gets his points as long as uh, he gets them because, uh, as I said, the, the season for the Tigers is done and maybe Lucian Lewis has a bit more creative freedom. Next man on our list coming in at number seven is Val Holmes. He's been trading in by 2.9%. A guy that on the weekend, um, it, so it sort of came down in my draft competition that Val Holmes, he needed to score about 80 points or something as a captain to decide who finished fourth and to decide who finished eight in our competition. I was sitting there watching it just going, oh, he's screwed, he's no hope. He exploded in the back end of that game against the Titans, came up with a pretty respectable score. Is this a guy that you're interested in? Look, Valentine Holmes, valuable at fullback center wing. You're not buying him to fill the fullback spot. You're buying him to fill that center wing slot. Uh, as we said, a, a fair few trade-outs with Brian Toto and whatever. And maybe a lot of people were expecting Alex Johnson to be back this week, who is being rested one more week. So people need the cover. And I think Val Holmes uh, playing at the Tigers this week, that could be a very, very open affair. Uh, both teams love not to tackle. So this could be a... A pretty high-scoring game, and we know that Val Holmes has the kick and tee and uh, could be pumping up a, a fair few points. Mate, number eight on our list, and I imagine this one's coming from a lot of Reed Marnie owners, Damian Cook coming in. Uh, scored, I think, 66 it was on the weekend, which, you know, by Damian Cook's standards, it isn't great, but by the standards of the rest of the hookers in this competition, you'll probably take it, won't you? Look, Damian Cook's been, been hot and cold. I think the 50 base last week was, was enticing, knowing that's the floor they can have, and... If we just see him do a couple of runs here and there, I, I like the the run that they've got. They've got the Titans this week, uh, the Panthers who could be rested, the Roosters who could be rested as well, and the Dragons in the grand final week. So, look, I do prefer Radley, knowing that he's available to hook up, but Hook is, uh, we know what he can produce in the best of times. Mate, another guy that's available at hooker is dual position hook and row, hooker second row forward. Coming in at number nine, the Cheese, Brandon Smith, a guy that I've had for a couple of weeks. I actually, uh, I, I somehow managed to have a bit of depth in the back end here. I didn't play him last week. I think he came up with 57 or so. How do you feel about the Cheese, mate? I don't like this one. This is probably one of the, the few that I really don't like buying. Um, I don't know if it's just a personal thing, but I can never really get behind buying Brandon Smith. The base... It can be there. It could go missing, whatever. I mean, the last couple of weeks, it's been okay. 66, 55, 67, 80. It's the, the worry with him, and, and obviously you've got guys like Nelson Asper-Solomon coming back and Harry Grant. Where does the cheese fit into to Greg Bellamy's rotation? I, I just want to give this one a miss with, with Brandon Smith, unfortunately. Mate, I completely understand. The more of these guys that come back, and like he's been playing such extended minutes for the last few months as well, you'd have to think they'd want to be giving him a little bit of a spell. And I think the longer this season goes, the more he falls into just, you know, a 25 to, you know, 45-minute real impact player for the Melbourne Storm. I just feel if you're going to replace your hooker, I'd rather go Harry Grant, 
I'd rather go Victor Radley. I'd rather go Damien Cook. If you're going to replace your second row, I'd prefer Victor Radley still available at 2RF. You've got Lucian Lelua, who we've touched on. Also got Tyson Frizzell, who hasn't been mentioned. Mitch Barnett with Lachlan Fitzgibbon back on the edge playing big minutes. So I think there's better options out there to to pick up than Brandon Smith personally. For a, a cheaper price as well, you're paying 550K for Brandon Smith. I think that's that's probably overs for, for mine. In saying that, he's one of those guys that I feel like we could doubt. And over the next few weeks, Canberra, Gold Coast, Parramatta, Cronulla, I mean, would it shock you if he managed to burrow himself over for three tries in that time? Well, that was my next my next point. He loves a dart. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love, loves this to, to go himself at the line. And uh, it's killed me multiple weeks. You watch Brandon Smith and it's the 75th minute. And he's on 25 points. And all of a sudden, that skyrockets up to 60. And he can just create, create something out of nothing. But I just feel... And this is the this is the reason why my season hasn't gone fantastic. I just like consistency, and I don't think Brendan Smith offers that. I feel the floor is too low uh, than what guys like Harry Brandt, Radley Cook can provide. For sure, and fuck, it's scary when you do get that ceiling that that five or six weeks in a row he had. I think he was averaging about eighty eight, eighty seven, or something. Oh, He's uh, killed me. It just seemed like uh, every head to head opponent that I played had Brendan Smith uh, in that time frame, and it, it, it killed me. And like I said, nothing worse than seeing him on 25, 30 points with five minutes to go. And uh, yeah, the defense switches off and he just uh, gets 30, 40 points out of nothing. He's one of those unique players where the more selfish he is, the better his footy kind of goes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's that's the problem with him and super coaches. It can go either way. Uh, you just have to, to pray that it gets there. As I said, I prefer the other three options of hooker. There's, there's other second roles I prefer, but I wouldn't begrudge you for taking a punt considering the ceiling that is there for the cheese. May we mentioned Victor Radley earlier. Uh, let's jump to his best mate and his little partner in crime at the Sydney Roosters, James Tedesco. Now, mate, I absolutely love this trade-in. I think he is really starting to come good, Teddy. He's looking like a scary prospect once again. I am, I'm of the opposite opinion. Like, super coach-wise, he's perfectly fine. I said this to you last week. I think he's still pumping out great scores, but it just it doesn't look right off the eye test with Teddy. Um, we know that he has a trademark crab across the field, breaks a bunch of tackles, but... It, it just feels like the ball gets stuck into his hands all too often for the Roosters to really progress. For Supercoach, perfect. The more touches he gets, the more points he's going to get. But just watching him, it just something something doesn't seem quite right with Teddy, in my opinion. Oh, I think that when you when you do watch them now, mate, it's just that this team they have changed so much from the from the Teddy and the Roosters we've seen over the last few years. It is a little bit more unorthodox. I love the way that he's just jumping into first receiver and just taking it on. And it's not the traditional Teddy that we're used to in Supercoach over the last few years. But as you said, the way that he's able to glide across a line and break four and five tackles, oh, I just think you're going to see a heap of points out of this guy in the last few weeks. I don't think I've can. I don't think i got enough trades to be able to go to Teddy, but it's one that if I could, I would be so keen on. He's got the Broncos this week. I mean, that, that wouldn't shock me if, if that's a 100-plus game there. The Dragons the week after, that wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Then you've got the Rabbitohs, you know, a big stage. Teddy's going to be right up for that one. Um, obviously, that game could go either way, but I really like Teddy in the run home. Mate, so, super coach-wise, so do I. Like, I'm not, not discrediting that at all. It's the opposite effect to Gutho. Like, you watch Gutho, you, you watch how involved he is and how much he, he gets his hands on the footy. You'd think he would score a plethora of super coach points, but for me with Teddy, you watch him and you just feel like, I don't really see you scoring that well here. And then you, you check the score, he's on 100. So that's exactly what you want from a super coach player. I feel like uh, if he just adds a couple more attacking stats to his game for the, like, over the last couple of weeks, he's going to go huge, uh, which is what you want. And and from a super coach standpoint, the more touches he gets, the better. But from a just from an eye test point, the, for, for me, there's something just not clicking. Let's have a look at captains leading into this week. And a couple of really good options. Uh, like last week, it was sort of limited options. There was a bit of mystery around it. This week, there's a few that stand up. For me, mate, the first one that jumps to my eye, 
is 6 p.m. Dragons taking on the Penrith Panthers Friday night. If Nathan Cleary plays and you bring him in, he has to be a VC, doesn't he? Even if he doesn't play, I still think uh, another Penrith half has VC yep. written all over him this game. Manny Burton, how good was he last week? Oh, unreal. Unreal, mate. He is just electrifying, isn't he? Yeah, so I think he definitely has uh, VC potential written all over him. I think a lot of people are looking towards this Roosters-Broncos game as well, aren't they, with Teddy at the back? Yeah, Teddy's one that definitely does interest me. Obviously, you've got to be on turbo watch every single week. Uh, a decent matchup for him this week against the Parramatta Eels. I mean, yeah, they're a top five and six side, but they've just been leaking points left, right, and center, haven't they? Yeah, speaking of other teams that also leak points, I mean, we, we go back to the, the 3 o'clock game on a Saturday, the Bunnies and the Titans. This one could be a, a 40 to 35, or, sorry, 40 to 36 affair, couldn't it? Oh, mate, without a doubt, this one has got Supercoach written all over it. And if you're one of those people uh, that has taken a bit of a pun on Luciano, though, I don't mind his matchup this week as well against the Cowboys. The way that he's offloading at the moment, I think that one could be anything for the Luch as well. How do we feel about my captaincy choice from last week, Reese Walsh up against the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs? Mate, I absolutely love it. You know, I'm a huge Reese Walsh fan. Up against uh, Canterbury again this week, I. I reckon it's a really good option once again. He, he's a bit of a scary watch, though. I've, I've got him in my draft team, and he can he can just as easily score 40 as he can score 100. Uh, but he just constantly puts himself in positions to score. There was a try that he scored off another guy I want to talk to you about, Josh Curran. Fuck me, I love this bloke. He is an outstanding footballer. He, he has improved out of sight recently. I don't think I've, I think I've heard the words Josh Curran come out of your mouth at record time in the last week, but... Yeah, he was sensational. But like back to back to Walsh and that current combination. The thing with Walsh was he was on seventy points before that try, so it showed you that he still had a good floor. But if Josh Curran's going to be popping to the middle in, in a Victor Radley mold, offloading the ball at the line, and Walsh is pushing through, that could be a pretty lethal combination. Probably not so much for your classic standpoints, but definitely for your waiver targets in draft. Uh, Josh Curran needs to be uh, on a lot of people's radar, especially coming into finals. Do you have the balls to knock Captain Turbo this week? Um. It's it's tough. I mean, Don't if you're a, a tough if you're a guy Caleb, with me, let's be honest here. If you're a Kalen Ponga owner, you've got to look at the Sharks matchup as well, like the last game of the round. Yeah. Like it's it's hard, isn't it? But then again, like Turbo had a quote unquote quiet week and went 85 against the Storm. So against the Parramatta side, who was like let's not beat around the bush on the decline on, on the slide. Turbo is probably the number one option for me. And then you'd be looking towards someone like a Cody Walker as a VC or even a Matt Burton or Nathan Cleary, as we said, in that Dragons game. I think it'll have to be turbo for me, mate. I can't miss out on another record score. Mate, uh, thank you for joining us once again on the podcast. Uh, We look forward to having you back on next week. Don't worry, mate. How fitting would it be, though? Uh, Sorry, before we go. First game back, Cleary comes on against the Dragons and uh, beats the record that Turbo's only held for a week and a bit. Mate, would anything like would that surprise us in any way, shape, or fucking form in 2021? It's unbelievable this year. No, not at all, mate. That, I definitely, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the record does get broken again towards the end of the year when players do get rested. And mate, it, it could be broken again and then broken again. Realistically, the way that it's all going, it's crazy, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. I know you got some commitments this afternoon, so I'll, I'll let you hit the frog. Not a worry, mate. Too easy.